I'm Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women Podcast, where we are reclaiming half the bookshelf by talking about books by or about women. And this is episode 19, where we are talking about book of the month selections. Hello, Kendra. Hello, Autumn. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, so there is a ton going on right now. And if you hadn't noticed in our last newsletter, we have so many book awards. Oh my goodness. I am so excited. Like, we're just going to skip the intro banner and go to Kendra Gushing about book awards. Might as well. Oh my stars. I, I just kept adding links to the newsletter and it just kept getting so long. So I eventually just had to decide to put them in the next one. That's okay. That's what the newsletter is for. It's for everything we can't fit into the podcast, so. Exactly. And so they have the Man Booker International Prize long list came out. Uh, There was something about the Walter um, Scott Prize long list. Uh, And yeah, what was the the prize that you sent me the other day, Autumn? It's the Jalak Prize. It's J-H-A-L-A-K. And we were tracking this one because it is the first book prize exclusively for writers of color so they announced the winner today and i'm well i might as well go ahead and say the title the book that won was one i actually hadn't heard about which is always exciting it's the bone readers by jacob ross and it's actually a crime fiction so that's fascinating so that's definitely a prize we're going to want to track in the future yeah i really like their their long list the um almost like you was on it yes um almost like you was on it and then also, some other books that were on it were, let's see, like A Girl of Ink and Stars, Rising Man, Black and British. Ooh. So a bunch of very a great selection of books. Well, that's cool. But we also have, we also have the Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction. All the long list was announced. Yes, this is my uh, one of my favorite prizes. Um, so we are recording this, uh, before the shortlist is announced, which is why we're going to talk about the long list today. And next time we will talk about the shortlist so we can make some predictions here for the shortlist. And didn't you say that they chose some books? They didn't choose some books that were expected to be picked. Yeah. The Zadie Smith swing time and Allie Smith's autumn, uh, kind of coincidence name there. Anyway. Yeah. So they, they, they were on there, and so a lot of people are kind of upset. I'm kind of surprised that The Unseen World by Liz Moore is not on there. Um, but uh, I am happy to see The Essex Serpent by Sarah Perry and, of course, Barkskins, which is one of my favorite novels of last year. Uh, both of them were, are both on the list. And I'm also happy that I've heard of all of them except one. Well, you're way ahead of me. Were you going to read the list, or were we just going to talk about Oh, Yes. I, I will read the list for you, and hopefully I will get these names right. So we have uh, titles and authors. We have Stay With Me by Aobami Adebayo, uh, The Power by Naomi Alderman, Hag Seed by Margaret Atwood, Little Deaths by Emma Flint, The Mare by Mary Gatskill, The Dark Circle by Linda Grant, The Lesser Bohemians by Amir McBride, and she actually won a couple years ago, just FYI. Uh, Midwinter by Fiona Melrose, The Sport of Kings by C.E. Morgan, The Woman Next Door by Yawando Omotoso, uh, The Lonely Hearts Hotel by Heather O'Neill, The Essex Serpent by Sarah Perry, Barkskins by Annie Prue, 
First Love by Gwendolyn Riley, which is the one I'd, I'd never heard of. Do Not Say We Have Nothing by Madeline Tien, and The Gustav Sonata by Rose Tremaine. And so Hagseed is in the Hogarth Shakespeare series. Yes. It's the retelling of The Tempest. That's right. The Tempest. And I'd heard of a lot of these. I'm very excited about The Lesser Bohemians. I was going to read A Girl is a Half-Form Thing, but I haven't gotten around to it yet because of this thing called podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I have the Lesser Bohemians on my shelf now, and I hope to start it soon, which we all know is relative at this point. And the Lonely Hearts Hotel, I just got a copy today. I'm very excited. Thank you so much, Riverhead. And then um, Essex Serpent is also on my shelf to read. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, and yes, thank you, Kendra, for introducing me to, the, <laughs> to 99% of the books that I just mentioned. <laughs> oh, I was... I think the Essex Serpent of my favorites is the front water to win, but I really love the bark skins. Like it has a special place in my heart. I carried it around for two weeks. It was my friend. I had to return it to the library, but then I eventually did get my own copy and now it is my friend and it sits on my little bookshelf and in all the booktube videos, you can see the bark skins because it is precious to me. We know Kendra. We know. I love it so much. We know. There, there. Calm down. But, yeah, so I have, I'm listening to The Sport of Kings, and then The Mayor will be next. Those are both going to be on audio. And then I have The Lonely Hearts Hotel as well. And that is really fascinating. A lot of stuff happens in it. I didn't think I would be able, like, it has all the trigger warnings in it. But she tells the story in, like, a matter-of-fact fairy tale type of way. Like, we don't learn how the witch is feeling and um, Hansel and Gretel, right? They just shove her into the oven, and that's sort of like how the Lonely Hearts Hotel just kind of frankly just describes things, and you don't have much of a chance to, like, feel things, which is good. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's really well done. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm only about 100 pages in, so. Well, like I said, I just got it today, so it is now sitting on my bookshelf. Do you have any predictions for who's going to be on the shortlist? You know, I don't know. I feel like... I haven't been tracking it as closely as you have. I feel like Margaret Atwood is always a favorite. I also feel like Do Do Not Say We Have Nothing has had a lot of buzz this year, but I know that that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a winner. Yeah, it was the one of the front runners to win the Man Booker. It was on the short list. Yeah, so I was I was kind of surprised it didn't win there. I don't know. I really don't have a feeling any other anyway. It would be cool to see the Barkskins win just because it's so long, and I think that long books are underappreciated in my humble opinion. That's true. So I, I think you, I think you like the Sport of Kings. It's like classic Kentucky Southern writing, like Southern yeah, storytelling. I come from Tennessee. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's pretty close. Like when you live in like unknown states, <laughs> you gotta take what you can get. This is true. I will not go into my rabbit trail about how Cormac McCarthy talks about Tennessee. We will save that for another day, and we will continue down this path. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't know who's going to win. It'll be, it'll be fascinating to see, and hopefully I will get a lot of these off my list before it's announced in June. Yeah, June. So the shortlist should actually be out as we speak, so we'll definitely leave a note, a 
links to all of that in our show notes. And you can see all of these titles there and everything. You can, you probably even, if you're listening to this on your phone, you can probably even pull it up, but we'll have more like photos and things on the more embellished show notes on our website, which if you didn't know exist, they do. They do. And they are beautiful. Yeah. So we have fun with those. So we had special things. Like cat photos. Exactly. (laughs) Priorities. Priorities, man. I think that's the news. Yes. So now it is a book of the month. Yes. So now we're going to talk about books that were book of the month selections. And should I give a little history as to why we decided on this theme this month? I think so. I think a story is required for this. Okay. So once upon a time last summer, (laughs) Kendra and I fell in love with book of the month hard and fast. (laughs) Summer loving happens so fast. (laughs) And so... The book piles in our respective apartments tripled. Um, (laughs) And so when we were planning themes for this year, we were like, you know, we have all these amazing book of the month books that we have not read yet. Let's do a podcast theme around our book of the month books. So that's what we did. So (laughs) we sorted through our book of the month picks and chose ones by women or I think all of these. Oh, we had some that were about women, but we kind of switched this list around quite a bit um, and settled on these. So, yeah, so that's how we got talking about Book of the Month books. And I just got a new membership, so pray for me. Uh, yeah, we, we actually uh, messaged them, and we're going to, during our actual Book of the Month spot, we're going to be telling you more about something special that they gave the reading women um, when we contacted them that we were planning on doing this. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Here, have this thing. So stay tuned. So my first pick is The Wings Versus the World by Jade Chang. And it is published by um, Houghtonism Harcourt. And it is the story of the Wang family. So Charles is the patriarch and he owns a giant cosmetics company. So basically he puts all his eggs in one basket and the basket gets smashed. So he, <laughs> he ends up losing... His business and his big multi-million dollar home and all of his cars and he's penniless. And so he he had come to America as a while he was in college and kind of made his fortune and now he's lost his fortune. He has three kids, one of whom is an artist, one is in college. I think he's studying finance or business, but he actually wants to be a stand-up comedian. And then his youngest daughter, Grace, who is still in high school. And so after they lose everything, the, Charles decides that he wants to go back to China. But before he goes back to China, the family takes a cross-country trip to upstate New York, where his oldest daughter, Sina, lives. And along the way, lots and lots and lots of things happen. <laughs> so it's a family story, and it's a story about—it's an immigrant story, but not in— it's not really like any immigrant story I've ever read because instead of rags to riches, it's kind of like riches to rags and the stories that they learn and the things that they learn about themselves and how they reconnect along the way. It, it is about the family like coming back together and how the different like personal realizations they come to at the end of the book. It was it's funny, like it's really funny and it's really interesting and all of the siblings have totally different voices, but a really great dynamic uh, among them. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I listened to it in a, or in a couple of days and really enjoyed it. Isn't one of the sections narrated by the car? Yes. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. So there's so each 
chapter, and some of the chapters are really short, but there's some of the chapters that are narrated by the car. And at first I was really confused. I'm like, who, who is talking? But there, and it's only a few, like two or three, because each section is narrated by a different person, whether it's Charles or Barbara's, Barbara, Charles' second wife, or Sina or Andrew or Grace or whoever. Um, and so the car, like you get to see like how even this trip affects this very expensive car. Definitely a well-rounded set of perspectives. I really thought this novel was interesting. And you, she goes on, um, she went on Seth Meyers' late night talk show. Yeah. Yeah, some authors on there. And so she would talk about how she actually took a class for uh, in stand-up, stand-up comedy kind of thing uh, just to learn like more about it so she could write about it. That's cool. Yeah, she's she's really interesting. And she said she wanted to talk about a different type of immigrant story where they, you know, they just basically just, they were just Americans. They just wanted to be American. And she, like, parallels that with the dad and stuff. Anyway, you'll have to go watch it. It's really interesting. Yeah, I will. As soon as I finish, as soon as we finish here, I will go watch it. <laughs> and we will link that in our show notes. You, too, Winter Finish Here, can go watch it. Yeah, and so it it was a great book, and it is, as we mentioned, it was The Wings Versus the World by Jade Chang. And that brings us to my first pick, which is Swimming Lessons by Claire Fuller, and that came out in the U.S. For, with Tin House, and that is an indie press. So I really like them. They recently also published Rabbit Cake, which I will refrain from talking about until that segment, but it is coming, I promise. Um, <laughs> Swimming Lessons is about a family. It's a family saga, but it's also about grief. So Flora's mom disappeared about a decade ago. But before Ingrid, her mom, left, she stuffed a bunch of letters in books in her husband Gil's library. So Gil goes and he's reading these letters and he's trying to find them. And then he thinks he sees Ingrid outside the window after like 10 years. And somehow through the course of events chasing, thinking, chasing her, we don't really know. Uh, he falls over this like wall thing, railing, and falls onto a bunch of rocks, right? Flora and her older sister Nan come, you know, flying into her father's side, who lives in this random like swimming pavilion that they've turned into a house on this edge of the sea. So we switch between the perspectives of Flora uh, in the present and then past uh, with Ingrid. And Ingrid's very, you know, it's an epistolary perspective. So she's very much an unreliable narrator, Ingrid is, and she will say, well, you know what happened, Gil, that night. And I'm like, but I don't know what happened that night. What are you doing to me? And at first, I wasn't sure if I liked it, but then about, I don't know, a third of the way through, I could not stop reading, and it just clicked. Like, I just saw what, you know, the author was doing, and um, I couldn't stop reading. I stayed up to, like, two like finishing this book I think you're gonna have to let me borrow it <laughs> yeah it's it's just so interesting and you have like it's part mystery it's part family saga and at first it seems like your stereotypical woman women making mistakes type of book and marrying the wrong guy but then not everything is as it seems um there's a lot of women's independence but also it talks about how women also need people it doesn't go over the top like women don't need anybody. It actually admits, you know, the truth that women need community. They need others to love in their life. And there's also a section when Ingrid first becomes a mom. She's in her 20s, right? And we are all taught to believe this thing that the 20s are the best time of your life. Ask me how I feel about that later. <laughs> and um, 
So she has this new baby and she's trying to go visit her friend in London. And it talks about like she's leaking everywhere and the baby's crying and her, her like little pram thing won't fit onto public transportation. So she has to ride in the cargo hold. You realize like not only how hard motherhood really is, but also how inaccessible society makes it for mothers to re-enter society once, you know, they've recovered from giving birth. Lots of stuff going on in this book. That sounds really good. And you said my two favorite, like, two magic words, which are family saga and mystery. So That's true. <laughs> I'm sold. If, if it was set in the South instead of uh, England, then it would be, like, perfect. You would leave Atlanta, like, right now to come get the book. <laughs> I'd be like, BRB, Kendra, we'll record this podcast in a minute. But yeah, but that is one you're definitely going to pick up if you haven't, and you're also be sporting an indie uh, publisher and that's Swimming Lessons by Claire Fuller. My pick is The Veins of the Ocean by Patricia Engel and it is published by Grove Atlantic and I don't really know where to start with this book. It is a immersive family saga and I loved it. Um, it's multi 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 layered. So at the beginning of the book, we're introduced to Raina, and Raina is, her family has immigrated to America from uh, Cartagena, Colombia, and I know I'm botching the accent, but so they have moved to America, and they live there, and like, you find out very early on that when her brother was a baby, that his dad, her dad too, threw him off a bridge into the ocean, and he survived, but then you also find out very early on that Reina's brother is in prison because he took the baby of his girlfriend and threw it off a bridge and the baby died. It starts at a breakneck speed. I think that's all in chapter one. So the ocean is literally there. Like you have an ocean that is separating Reina in America from her homeland in Colombia. But then like the ocean is also this metaphor for so many things in the book. It's very multi-layered, and Kendra and I were kind of talking about this beforehand, that it kind of, like, it has a plot, but it doesn't really have a plot. I would almost say that, like, the protagonist is society, like, opinions that society has as a whole and how that affects people. She also does an amazing job of talking about the prison system and how the how prisons affect people and that those in prison are actually people regardless of what they've done. And then she talks about, obviously, about immigration and the different ways that immigration affects people. It's very multifaceted and a very rich novel. And this is actually one of our discussion books in the next podcast, so I'm not going to talk that much about it. But the more, like, it's kind of overwhelming at first, but then, like, the longer you think about it, just the more beautiful it becomes there's so much in this book that's sort of like you know you just scratch the surface and there's just so much going on about everything from immigration to i don't know everything it just has everything in this book. it has everything and it is beautiful very 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 well written it's one of those books that you enjoy reading just because the language is so rich and so then that is the veins of the ocean by patricia ingle and that brings us to our book of the month spot. So I am very excited about this because book of the month has given the reading women a special coupon code 
where you can have a three-month membership for $9.99 a month and get a free Book of the Month tote. And I got this for Valentine's Day, and this Book of the Month tote is not only huge, but it's really sturdy, and you can tell they knew that you wanted to put books in it. Like, it's really well done. I want one. I'm jealous that you have one. It's worth being jealous of. Like, it is It is lovely. <laughs> But uh, that coupon code is WOMEN, and it is valid for the entire month of April. Um, we will include all of that information in uh, the show notes, both on in iTunes and et cetera, and on our website. So you can go find that. And by doing that, you are supporting the reading women, and they will know that you love us and also will hopefully get them to support us again in our endeavors, uh, i.e. bringing you amazing reads. And let's just say, like, that we, I mean, we are major fans of the Book of, Book of the Month anyway. And where else can you get brand new, beautiful, often exclusive hardcover books for nine ninety nine? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. And so they have some amazing titles that I have seen everywhere anyway for the month of April. Um, and their April selections are The Impossible Fortress by Jason Reculak, which is supposed to be like a 1980s funny type novel and then you have American War by Omar El Akkad which is like in the near future and there's an American Civil War you have Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran you have One Day We'll All Be Dead by Scotchy Cole and this is a, f- a collection of essays that are supposed to be really funny and poignant by a woman of color who's supposed to be like it's it's on all the lists that I have seen for nonfiction. so you definitely want to go pick that up and then Startup by Dory uh, Shafir. And this one is uh, about a startup in, I believe, New York. Uh, just kind of a novel based around that, which is interesting. I've heard about that one, and I, I actually might pick that one. We'll have to coordinate our picks so that we can swap. Yes, yes. We may or may not text each other the day that the picks are announced, so that way we can coordinate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick up my phone, text you. Get Startup, and I'll get Scotchy Cole's book. (laughs) (laughs) We are helpless. Continue on. Yeah, so those are the selections. And again, you have uh, the wonderful coupon code where you can, it's really a great deal. And if you don't like any of the picks for the month, you can just extend your subscription and not pick anything and just pick one the next month. Or if you like more than one, you can always add another book for $9.99. Which is magical. Yes. Thank you, Book of the Month. We love you, and we greatly appreciate you supporting us. I want a tote bag. I may use our own offer code just so I can get a free tote bag. Oh, that would be cool. I think I'm going to do that. Okay. Right. So my next pick is Shrill, Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West. So I really have enjoyed uh, Lindy West on Twitter, which unfortunately, I mean, I guess she needs self-care, but she quit that recently because of trolls, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and I really enjoyed her, her column in the guardian, which she writes for now. Um, but I thought this book was really interesting and from the reviews I've seen, it is a bit polarizing, but even people who don't really like Lindy West admit that she says a lot of amazing things. So I thought this would be really interesting to talk about. So we're going to talk about more next episode, but as a summary for this one, um, we have Lindy is, this is sort of like an essay collection slash loose memoir kind of deal. So they are essays. And then I believe she wrote more for the collection. 
and then it goes loosely chronological through her life. And so you get that memoirish feel, but it also has kind of the gaps that essays do. But she talks a lot about, um, as she describes it, life as a fat woman and how she moves through life uh, as a woman where things are not made for her, that she has to, you know, like on airplanes, people kind of cringe if she has like the middle seat or um, just finding clothes and how she works out a lot. And, you know, and just she raises awareness for a positive body image, but also um, some people are just made that way. And it's really interesting. She had this huge fight with one of her bosses at one of the uh, publications she wrote for. He wrote a really uh, nasty article about uh, larger people. And she publicly uh, wrote like a, a letter to him and she details that. She also talks about trolls and on this, she has, I believe, two different segments on This American Life. And one of the ones is where she, this troll made a Twitter account as her dead father and would like stalk her and like say like you're shaming me kind of things to her on Twitter. And then eventually she met her troll through a series of events and she talked to him like, why would you do this? And they actually have um, that radio show on This American Life and you you just cannot believe what this woman goes through. It's It's horrible. It is so bad. Yes. There is absolutely no excuse. And so that is one of the reasons why she quit Twitter uh, very recently. And I believe she's still on Instagram. So, I mean, she's still on some forms of social media, but it just got, it got very bad. So I didn't realize that. So I had heard, I'm a huge This American Life fan and I'd heard that episode, but I didn't realize till the end of the book that she, that this was her. And I kind of wish I'd known that up front. Um, because it's incredible, because she does, like, she confronts the guy, and it's like, why would you do this to me? And his response is not what you think it would be. So, yeah, so there's a lot of content in here. Um, obviously, uh, we don't agree with everything she says, but she makes a lot of valid points. I think she's really funny. It really just depends on your sense of humor, but anyway. So, we will talk <laughs> more about that in the next episode. Stay tuned. So yeah, so that is my pick for discussion book. And I think it'll be quite the discussion. So join us on the next episode. And we're going to be talking about uh, Shrill by Lindy West. And that is out from Hachette. My last pick for this episode is All Grown Up by Jamie Attenberg. And it was also published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. I don't know why I can't say that today. Um, and it is the story of a woman named Andrea and actually I think Kendra I think you're the one who said this that it is a coming of age story but for adults didn't you say something like that yeah I I heard that on an interview somewhere and so I thought it's very fitting it is very fitting so I feel like being a millennial you often get a lot of flack for existing I think yeah pretty much <laughs> and so <laughs> she kind of follows the trajectory of a stereotypical millennial. It's stereotypical in some ways and not in, not in a lot of ways. Um, this woman named Andrea Byrne, and she went to art school but dropped out of art school, but then she, you know, wants to make art, but then she can't get a, you know, she can't live in New York City making art, so she becomes a graphic designer at this big company, and she kind of hates it, but... 
she can't really do anything about it, so she just kind of stays there, and next thing she she knows she's 40. And along the way, she asks, like, people are asking her questions about, like, well, when are you going to get married, and when are you going to do this? And she is asking herself questions, or telling herself, well, when I grow up, or when I'm an adult, or this is what adults should do, or this is what adults shouldn't do. And it basically just examines it re-examines, like, what does it actually mean to be an adult? And is it okay if you don't follow the stereotypical adult path? I really like how the book pointed out that the milestones that we stereotypically say make you an adult, such as marriage or having kids, aren't really what make you an adult. Right. And I really appreciate that because while I'm married, I don't have children, and I'm very exhausted of being married for I don't know, four years now, and people still call us newlyweds because we don't have kids. Yeah. Um, then we politely inform them that we do. He just has four legs and is a uh, corgi. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, I really could relate to that. And I can't even imagine being a single woman, uh, a middle-aged single woman, having never been married and uh, don't have kids, you know, like that would that would really be frustrating. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be hard, and it's, I mean, it's even frustrating now, because, I mean, I'm not terribly old, and I don't have kids, and I've not been married for that long, but there is this general feeling where I, even though I've been married for almost three years, I don't think people consider me an adult, because I don't own a house, and I don't have kids. Like, that's definitely a real thing, and it might, it might just be the area of the world that I live in, but that's, like, that's legit, so... It was it was really refreshing to see, just to kind of like follow along this path and kind of just see like what makes up a life, you know, like like what is life and what is adulthood. Yeah, it had it had all the feelings, and I really liked how tight. Like it's two hundred pages, but it's like not yes. a word is wasted. It's a really tight, wonderful little little book. I enjoyed it, and it was a very, you know, I've been reading a lot of really heavy, thick, long books recently. Because as we mentioned earlier, family sagas, like, you know, those aren't ever short. So it was nice to have this shorter read, but definitely packs a punch for only 197 pages. It packs a punch. So very much enjoyed it. Seen a lot of people reading this on Instagram and on um, Twitter. So it's it's a good one. And uh, that one is All Grown Up by Jamie Attenberg. And my last pick is Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbue, and this is out from Random House. And I really loved this book, and uh, Sam and I actually listened to it on audio on our way up and back for my parents' house for Christmas. And this is about uh, a family of Cameroonian immigrants who've moved to New York. Uh, You have Jende and his wife, Neni, and they just have moved they she kind of skips so she doesn't kind of she skips the whole saga of them getting to the United States and we meet them when they're in the United States and Jende has just gotten an amazing job as a chauffeur and uh, Nini is a student she wants to be a pharmacist uh, then the financial crisis happens in 2008 and just things begin to unravel it's a very unusual immigrant story and I've seen a lot of people talk about it because I don't want to spoil the ending. So sorry for all the vague language, but um, it really takes down the idea that once an immigrant sets foot on American soil, that their lives are going to be perfectly happy with like fields of milk and honey and, you know, whatever. And it really talks about all of the red tape that 
immigrants have to, you know, go through just to get to the country and stay in the country. And it's not like, uh, for some reason we have this idea again, we've talked about it in, uh, a few months ago with the middle readers, like it's not the worst of the worst entering the country. They had jobs and families and some of them even had estates and how, you know, all of that just seems to be worth nothing when they move here. And it really just talks about how America isn't a promised land, how it's not like this perfect utopia of, you know, whatever. But I also thought it was very balanced in saying that America is a land of opportunity and works for a lot of people. But just because it's America does not mean that, you know, it's going to be this perfect, glorious land of wonderfulness. And I really, I really appreciated that critique. I thought it did a very balanced job of looking at both conservatives and liberals. Yes, gold star. Gold star for balance. Um, also, the narrator of the audiobook, by the way, he is in my top five favorites now. I can't remember what his name is, but I will put his name in the show notes. And his voice is just like liquid gold. It is beautiful. And I will listen to anything now that he narrates. So it's all about the narrator. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It is so, it is so good. It is a very moving, heartbreaking story. That is Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbue. And that's our last pick. That's it. Yeah. So what are you reading now, Kendra? Well, um, I just finished Rabbit Cake, and I did definitely want to give it a shout-out because it was my favorite. Um, it was a surprise favorite read. Um, it really wasn't on my radar until they contacted me, and then I read it and fell in love with it pretty much instantaneously. And this is about Elvis, and it... Like it's sort of like swimming lessons where, well, in swimming lessons, we don't know what the mom happened to the mom. In this one, we know that she walked into a river while she was sleepwalking and she drowned. Oh. Um, and so, yeah. And, but it's really funny. Like, not, not the fact that she drowned, but the book <laughs> is so funny. Like, it deals with grief in a way that it doesn't become too heavy. And there are so many heavy themes in this book, but it's just, it is hilarious. And Elvis, I mean, her name makes you laugh but she's a really quirky strange child and loves animals and has all these random animal facts and I feel like she is me as a child only living in Freedom Alabama okay so I need to basically go get this book right now and read it yeah it's basically if Kendra was southern <laughs> that would be Elvis <laughs> interesting interesting <laughs> um, but what I'm reading right now is Dear Friend from My Life I Write You in Your Life by Yi Yun Lee um, this is from Random House, and it is a memoir by a fantastic writer, and she's talking about her life as an immigrant moving to the United States and how um, just her life with books, her little love story with books, and uh, just a lot of amazing things in this. It's only it's around 200, 225 pages, I think, so it's not very long, but it is very beautiful. And um, what first drew me to it really was Marilyn Robinson's blurb, because she doesn't really blurb a lot of things. Oh. So I'll have to put that one on my radar. What I'm reading right now is The Whole Art of Detection, Lost Mysteries of Sherlock Holmes by Lindsay Fay. And you may know Lindsay Fay from... I love Lindsay Fay. <laughs> I will allow Kendra two seconds to gush. Three, two, one, go. Jane Steele. I love Jane Steele so much. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> So, as Kendra discussed, Lindsay Fay wrote Jane Steele. And so this is a collection of short stories. And from what I can tell, it is story short stories with Sherlock Holmes 
in them. I can't tell if all of them are like new Sherlock Holmes stories or if they're a hybrid. I'm not really sure, but basically it's Sherlock Holmes and I'm going to read it because I'm super major ultra fan. And that is all. <laughs> and Lizzie Faye is amazing. And Lizzie Faye is amazing. So I am very, very, very excited to dig into these. And that's, that's it. That and is our show. It. That's everything. And so, yeah, so uh, we have a new review that we want to thank. We want to thank Agata for her wonderful review on Stitcher. If you like The Reading Women and you like what we do, uh, you can review us in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And that really does help us uh, reach more people. And I know we say this every time, but it really is true. We really appreciate you reviewing us and helping us spread the word about The Reading Women. It really does help. It, it genuinely, honestly does. And if you are not quite sure how to review us, you can send us an email and we'll be more than happy to show you kind of how that works. So. It's a little bit hard to find in iTunes. So I think that's our show. So you can join us next time where we'll be talking more about the veins of the ocean and shrill. And in the meantime, you can find me, Autumn Privet, on Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at Autumn Privet. And you can find Kendra at KD Winchester. Thank you so much for sharing Reading Women Love everywhere and liking our photos and sharing our recommendations. It means the world to us. It genuinely, genuinely does. So thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.